Uh, like I said, uh, Bryant was scheduled to be here uh, and do the lesson this morning, and so I volunteered to dig up a lesson that I had done uh, years ago before uh, um, most of you were here. And so, like I said, only Marie will have heard this, and even then I've kind of reorganized it, I hope, in a more logical way <laughs> than whatever came out of my brain in the end of 2015 um, when I first did this. Um, so, uh, anyway, I was digging through and I found this and I barely remembered that I even came up with this lesson. <laughs> um, so it was quite a refresher to me as well. Um, but I, I remembered liking this one a lot. Um, so it's called, let's build a church. And, uh, I don't, uh, I mean this in, in just in our imaginations, um, <clears throat> that we're, um, going to think about, um, the church and a local church um, from a, from the ground up. And I'm really digging into the metaphor here um, <laughs> of building. Uh, I'm glad John did his um, five-minute talk on <laughs> the building on the foundation already because uh, I would have been stepping all over it otherwise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, like I said, I did have this idea eight years ago, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest on that. Um, so... <clears throat> Uh, by way of introduction, um, um, I remember, um, so Marie used to be a, a paraprofessional, which is a type of teacher in the public schools, and I remember uh, either when we first got married or just before that, having conversations with her, and she would tell me about her day, and I remember, I think I said this out loud, something along the lines of like, are you sure you're not a social worker? Um, because that's what it sounds like when you describe your day working with kids at a public school. Um, and I didn't mean that as a, as a bad thing. It's just like not what I thought of, um, in my ignorance of what teachers do, uh, on a daily basis is that, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> when you step back and think about it, like a, a, a modern public school is not just a place where kids learn, right? They provide breakfast and lunch, sometimes free. Uh, in certain cases, certain places, and various degrees of need and whatnot and, and, and all of that. But they have breakfast and lunch there. Um, and you certainly at least eat it there, even if you brought your own. Um, <clears throat> what I learned is that the school where Marie uh, taught, they would do something called backpack buddies, which they'd, they'd actually give food. Beyond the breakfast and the lunch, they'd give kids like canned goods and things to take home if they were really needy so that they could have they, their family could eat that evening. Cause a lot of these kids that go to school, like the only times they really get to eat is at school. Um, <clears throat> and then schools also have, you know, the, the guidance counselor and, and uh, maybe actual social workers by profession. There's sports, there's clubs, there's a nurse. Uh, we just had to go through, you know, um, something with vision and hearing tests that they administer at the school uh, or screenings, whatever they call um, and then, you know, in election time, a lot of times schools turn into voting precincts, right? This is way beyond the idea of just a place to learn, right? Now, I'm not against any of these things personally, and if you are, I totally understand that. Um, it's a complete matter of opinion. It gets into politics. I, <clears throat> my point is, if you think a school is, is, in practice, just a place where kids learn, it's definitely not these days. Um, <clears throat> so that's a tangent. Just to say that I think churches often are like this, where if you ask a person, what is a church and what is the purpose of a church? It's like, oh, well, you, it's where you go to worship and learn about God. But when you get into a lot of congregations, what you'll find is a whole lot more. Um, in a school, the term for this is wraparound services. Um, is the idea It's all these extra things that you do that sort of, you know, Basically, other people are lacking in providing it for the, the children, or we've just decided that the school it would be a good place to, to give these services because they're always there. And so churches have kind of started to adopt the same sort of mentality, um, <clears throat> is that, you know, let's provide wraparound services. So, you, and, and I grew up with some of these things as well um, in the church that, that I grew up attending. Um, we had potlucks, you know, at the church, uh, and you'll find a lot of churches that do meals, um, assistance to needy people in the community, um, 
which, you know, and not just members of that church, but just anybody, you know, just food drives and things like that. And, um, they'll have not just religious classes at the church, but non-religious classes. And, um, I I remember one keeps having, uh, Dave Ramsey to do financial peace (laughs) seminars, which kind of makes it sound religious, but it's really just about money. I'm pretty sure. Um, and, um, you know, or they'll support a, a school that's, that's, you know, just teaching math and science and things like that, you know, that aren't religious necessarily. Um, churches will do sports and sporting events, and churches also will provide voting places uh, as well. Um, <clears throat> so, um, <clears throat> so, you know, you think about, like, the school um, idea of having all these extra services, um <clears throat> and so, I don't know about you, but like, if they were to suddenly take all this away from the school, I'd be complaining, you know, I'd be crying, like, that would be devastating, and you kind of saw that during during the beginning of COVID, is like, the school's shut down, it's like, okay, that makes sense, you know, we're trying to keep everybody safe, but then people are like, but how are we going to feed the kids? And <laughs> a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? It's just a school. It's like, yeah, but these kids need to eat, you know? Um, and <clears throat> so in the same way... Um, <clears throat> You know, I think it's important to ask, does a church have any business in providing wraparound services, these extra, these extra things? Now, you might think it's a neat idea, but that's not what I'm asking is, what I'm asking is, does a church have any business in doing this? Um, is, are they right in the eyes of God to do this? Um, and in the same way, if you're used to this, and I was, um, when I grew up, if you're used to the idea that a church would provide these things, um, then, you know, if suddenly they, you know, they just stopped all of a sudden, you might be devastated, you know, like, well, this is really going to ruin, you know, the unity of this congregation or, or, um, you know, just the, the good feeling I have when I come here. Um, <clears throat> and so that's, a, that's a hard gut check, I think, to, um, to really ask that, um, is, you know, it, is it proper for a church to be doing this? But that's what I'd like to talk about today and look at, um, is what, um, <clears throat> you know, if it's proper. Um, and even though these things maybe by themselves are, uh, are good things to, to, to eat and to, um, you know, to help people that are poor, um, maybe individually, you know, it, it, that doesn't, that alone doesn't make it I think right for a church to do it. Um, and so we'll kind of look at, you know, the church of the Bible and, um, <clears throat> and, and, and what we see there, um, happening in the Bible. So, um, first, like I said, I, uh, didn't plan this originally, but I'm going to jump on part of the scripture that, uh, John talked about on Wednesday, and that's Matthew 7. Um, so Matthew seven twenty one to twenty four, um, <clears throat> I'm actually going to stop at the beginning of where he started. I think um, <clears throat> it says, "Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord," this is Matthew seven twenty one. I'm reading out of ESV today. Uh, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Um, I generally think of this parable as meaning uh, an individual person, but I think we might apply it to a church as well. Um, And so that's kind of what we're going to do is build a church um today um <clears throat> and try to do it on the rock on good principles um and uh spoiler alert because you probably already know this the rock is jesus um <laughs> in the uh in the analogy in the bible um <clears throat> and so uh we'll go from there um uh also uh turn to first corinthians chapter three and um got another Sort of building metaphor, which is a little tough to decode, and um, <clears throat> I think we can gain the principle out of it, even though I still go back and forth as to what exactly Paul specifically means here. But 
1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so the verses before that, he talks about, um, <clears throat> you know, planting the word and God gives the growth. And, uh, and then in verse 9, he ends with, you are God's field, God's building. So verse 10, <clears throat> excuse me, according to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Uh, let each one take care how he builds upon it, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will be manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work uh, each one has done. Excuse me. If the work that anyone has built upon the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. Uh, if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Um, so, he's... <clears throat> throw a whole lot of metaphors in there. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the basic idea is, is building, right? It's building on the foundation of Jesus. Um, whether he's talking about sort of a, uh, a minister's work or a, a church itself, I'm still not entirely clear. Uh, I, I could see it either way. Um, but still we get the idea of you want to build rightly. You want to build with the proper, uh, things. Um, in this analogy, uh, there's a test by fire, right? So those last three things he mentions in verse 12, wood, hay, and straw, those wouldn't hold up in fire, right? So you want to build uh, with something that'll last. Um, <clears throat> and so that's that's the idea. That's what we're going to try to do is, is build a church uh, carefully uh, today. So... Um, <clears throat> Make sure I've got my notes. <clears throat> All right, so how do you build a building? Um, I think uh, the basic idea is, is pretty good, and I, I remember uh, John also talking about this a while ago, what, three years ago during Matthew chapter 7? We went over that. There was a neat little visual on the board and everything like that. I like that. Um, I, do, I do remember all that. Um, so, <clears throat> and I think he made this point is... Um, you know, the first big thing is site site preparation. We'll talk about that in detail. But um, so you've got, I, I I break it down into you've got site preparation, which is basically clearing the land and other things, um, laying the cornerstone, which, um, and then the foundation. Um, then you might have some temporary forms and bracing that you've got to, um, that you need, but don't stay with the building forever. You throw them away or reuse them or whatever. Um <clears throat> And then, um, and then the structure itself, basically the walls and, uh, roof and then, uh, and floors and, uh, then you, then you have to put in the mechanical systems. Um, again, just think about a physical building and, uh, and then other finishing touches, um, that, you know, are nice to have, but maybe not necessary, for lack of a better word, in, um, <clears throat> in a building to, to be running. And so, I think you can kind of see an analogy there if you can f follow the dotted line on the paper to each one of these. Um, you know, you start with the Old Testament, uh, which is the preparation for the church. Um, and then it starts with Jesus, uh, which was our scripture reading that he would build his church and, um, <clears throat> and then built upon that as a foundation of the apostles and prophets. And we're going to go to these scriptures. Um, <clears throat> and then there's some temporary things that, that we don't have today. Uh, that helped um, all this foundation, and that's the miracles and spirit, speaking in tongues. Um, and then the structure is us; we are the members. And um, <clears throat> and then there's what does what is the building for, and what does it do? Um, and so, in that sense, in the church, what does the church do? And we have certain things that we need to do. And then there's also some maybe judgment calls and how we do those things. And um, and then finally. Um, <clears throat> Uh, if a, if a church is able to be complete in this way, then it would it would have elders that that rule. So that's our roadmap. Uh, I'm very bad at mixing metaphors. I'm sorry. Blueprint. How about that? Uh, <laughs> that's a better word uh, for for where we're going with this today. So uh, first, we'll go with site preparation. Um, so, uh, like I said, this is kind of the longest part. Just thinking about a real building. Um, a physical building. <clears throat> the longest part uh, of construction these days is usually site prep. Um, again, I, I think John made this point before, but it's it's one of those things that's like you watch, 
you know, them clearing out at some trees in your neighborhood. This happens wherever we seem to live is that there's like, oh, if there's a nice set of forest across the street here, well, in a few years, that's just leveled and they're going to build some more houses or apartments over there. Um, but they seem to be just doing that for months and months on end, you know, just running bulldozers over it and going back and forth and, and all of that. And, um, but it's, you know, and then once they finally get all that done and then run some pipes and there's all these little green pipes sticking up everywhere, then they, they get to pouring a foundation of building and it's like, bam, it's done. Uh, but that, that preparation takes forever. And, um, I, I'd, I'd, I'd make that analogy to the Old Testament. Um, that, that was the, the, the preparation, um, before the, before the church is, is, it was thousands of years, um, of all that time before. Uh, but it was very necessary um, <clears throat> on the way. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, you might be ahead of me there. Ephesians 3. <clears throat> um, just as one example, and there are other scriptures, but Ephesians 3, 9 through 11. Um, <clears throat> I'll go back to 7 because it's kind of in the middle of a the thought here, uh, but 9 through 11 is kind of the main idea here. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness. Um, well, I'll finish that up. I didn't mean to go to verse 12, but <clears throat> continues the sentence. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So this was, uh, the church is described as the eternal purpose um, and hidden for ages. Um, this is what it's all been in um, preparing for. Um, all those thousands of years was was for this. So um, <clears throat> I think we covered that quite a bit in the Hebrews class. So uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, <clears throat> all right. So next we get to the cornerstone, which again is Jesus. Um, so just as to, to go to the, the physical building analogy. So these days, if you see a cornerstone, it's just symbolic. Uh, <laughs> they didn't really use that um, for any modern building. Um, <clears throat> but it's uh, the, the point was kind of the reference point for the building um, to, to be square, right? So if you've ever tried to draw a straight line with a freehand pencil, like it's it comes out horribly, right? Um, straight lines are really important when you're building things. Uh, so the cornerstone provides that that squareness um, to to start from and and you know mark all your lines off from there. So <clears throat> these days we have things like levels, uh, plumb bob, chalk lines, and uh, good old Pythagorean theorem, right? So if you've ever done something you needed to be square, you might have used the three four five method where you measure three feet four feet, and then the diagonal needs to be five, and if it's not, you need to kick them out or move them in, and that's how you get a nice square corner um, <clears throat> when you're setting out a foundation or something like that. Um, so we've got all these neat little tools now, but you know, back in the day, it was cornerstones. Um, <clears throat> so um, Jesus is is that he's the cornerstone. So um, let's go through some of these. So Matthew twenty one forty two. Um, turn faster. Matthew twenty one, and there's other places in the Gospels that that mention this. Um, Excuse me. Um, just saying. Um, okay. So Matthew twenty-one forty-two. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Um, <clears throat> and verse 45, you know, it says the, the Pharisees figured out he was uh, speaking about, about them and um, you know, Jesus himself was, was the cornerstone. Um, <clears throat> and that itself is a quote from, from Psalm 118. Um, if we go to Acts chapter four, verse 11, um, the apostle Peter, uh, makes it clear that, that the cornerstone is Jesus it says, uh, Acts 411, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Uh, <laughs> And um, 
And he does it again. We don't have to turn there, but in First Peter, which is written by the same Peter, uh, chapter two, verse six and seven, he 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 hits this again. So, um, <clears throat> so it's uh, just keep in mind that Peter is the one uh, telling us that uh, Jesus is the cornerstone. So if you go back to where our scripture reading was, Matthew sixteen, uh, and we'll just read verse eighteen, um, since we already read the context of this. Um, Jesus says, uh, Matthew sixteen eighteen, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So now we're segueing into the idea of uh, of building a church, and um, <clears throat> and what the cornerstone is for, and um, and so he says, you know, uh, here's Peter's name. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So. Uh, as Jesus saying that he's going to build um, his church on Peter, um, <clears throat> and so we're going to get to this in the next section. That there is there is a sense in which there's the foundation of the apostles and prophets, but Jesus is still the cornerstone. Um, <clears throat> if uh, if you know a little bit about the Greek, and I actually learned this in French class because this translates really neatly into French as well, um, is that Peter or Pierre. Uh, is is uh, another word for pebble, um, whereas rock is another different word. We think of a bigger stone, right? Um, so <clears throat> there's a word play there is that um, Jesus is basically saying, you're a pebble, and on this rock I will build my church. Um, I To me, I, I liken it to uh, John 2. Uh, you don't have to turn there. You might be familiar with this. John 2, 19 through 21, where Jesus says to the, the people there, uh, destroy this temple, uh, and I'll rebuild it again in three days. Um, <clears throat> but he was speaking about the temple of his body. Um, so when he said destroy this temple, you know, like you can imagine him pointing with, with two thumbs to himself, right? Uh, he meant me, you know, like destroy me, and I will raise again in three days. Um, and so here in Matthew 16, he says, on this rock, I will build my church. Now, again, we don't have anything in the scripture that says he's pointing to himself with two thumbs, but I think when he says this rock, he meant me, <laughs> um, <clears throat> is what he's building it on. Um, so <clears throat> that's anyway. That is the thing he's building. He's building the church. Um, is is where we're going with this uh, this, this analogy. So uh, next, we'll move on to um, the foundation and uh, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter two. Um, <clears throat> so I don't really have to explain what a foundation is. I think everybody kind of understands that idea in building, um, kind of the next step, um, after you've done all your planning and laying out of the foundation, which is what a, what a cornerstone basically does. Um, now you can actually put that foundation in place. And so Ephesians 2, 19 to 20. Um, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> it says, Ephesians 2, 19 to 20. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Um, let's read to the end of that chapter. Verse 21, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Um, so again, we're just kind of continuing this metaphor um, that's that's really all through the scriptures is that um, now we've got the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And and I, and I kind of take that to, to be the idea of, of all the teachings. So um, basically your entire New Testament is almost all written by apostles. Um <clears throat> Some are are not directly, especially the Gospels, right? But for the most part, it's 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 almost all, maybe all, um, apostles that uh, wrote um, all the books we have in in the New Testament. So um, their teaching, I think, is a big part of the foundation um, <clears throat> and that we have there um, in our in our knowledge of of how the church is to be. Um, <clears throat> all right, and then we get to. Like I said, the temporary forms embracing, and so um, 
like I say, some parts of, of building are, are temporary. So when you pour concrete, you've got to have those wooden forms or they probably have something other than wood now, but, um, that, uh, <clears throat> you know, that keep the concrete from spilling everywhere, right? You kind of need that to, to hold it in place in the shape that, uh, that it needs to go. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, and even when you're framing with, with wood, you've got some temporary braces that are diagonal that, you know, keep the wall from falling over till you've got everything that can hold itself together. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, in the church, um, the apostles teaching was sometimes accompanied by miracles. Um, and you, you see where other Christians could speak in, in tongues or other languages. Um, and I, I, I believe, and I, I think most of you here probably believe that, um, that these are temporary, uh, until, until the Bible, the, the scriptures are completed. So, 1 Corinthians 13, um, and verse 8 through 10, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10, it says, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away, which I assume that's a special kind of knowledge and not just all knowledge. Um, <clears throat> for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Um, and so if you look at James one twenty five. Um, I think that perfect thing that is meant there is the scriptures. Uh, so James, okay, Hebrews, James, uh, <clears throat> 1 verse 25, um, just jumping in the middle of a, of a lot of thoughts in James, but verse 25 says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and, and perseveres, being no hearer, but uh, no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And so, um, get the idea there that that um, <clears throat> uh, you're coming toward the the perfect law uh, of Scripture. Um, Jude, uh, verse three. There's only one chapter. Excuse me. Uh, Jude and Revelation. Okay, sorry. Uh, all the way toward the end. Jude, verse three. Um, <clears throat> he says, uh, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Um, so again, it sounds like the writers of the New Testament are, are really leaning toward, uh, we've got the whole scriptures, um, and, and we've got something perfect, complete. Uh, and then if you look at Revelation 22, so all the way at the very end of your Bible, um, let's, like mine, it has lots and lots of little articles at the end, but the end of the actual Bible, uh, Revelation 22 and verses 18 through 19. So my understanding is that Revelation is one of, if not the very last book, uh, to be written, uh, in the, in the New Testament, um, just by history, um, historical records. And so here's the end of that book. Um, and this sounds pretty final. I warn it, and, and he, when he says this book, uh, maybe he's talking about the book of Revelation, but I, I think it might very well be talking about the entire Bible. Verse 18, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, <clears throat> if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book, and if anyone takes away from the words of this book of the prophecy, this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. So, um, <clears throat> seems like we are pretty much, we, we, I think the scripture is, is arguing that, that, you know, it is complete now. Um, and so for that, we don't need the prophecies and tongues anymore. And, um, <clears throat> um, so when you hear of those, um, in other churches and in the news, I, I don't believe they're, they're genuine. And, um, there's certainly stories of people that do fake it. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're all fake, but I, I don't, I don't think that, that we have this anymore. Um, I think they have served their purpose and are not needed anymore, much like these temporary things in building aren't needed anymore. Um, <clears throat> all right. All right. So now we're going to actually be building on this foundation and that's, that's us. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, in the church. So, uh, first Peter chapter two, verse four and five. Um, Um, 
First Peter 2, 4 and 5. Um, yeah. Uh, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, you know that's Jesus, right? Uh, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house uh, to be a holy priesthood to or offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> so, all of us uh, are part of this this spiritual house, and I and and I think we've kind of gotten hints of that in, in uh, Ephesians also. Um, yeah, and that's that's right after what we already read. I'll I'll, I'll skip that in the interest of time. Uh, but Ephesians two twenty two talks about this also. Um, all right, so now um, <clears throat> you've got a shell of a building. Um, well, that's great. It at least keep you uh, dry from the rain, but that's about it, right? So now it needs it kind of needs to do something. Um, so <clears throat> uh, what does a house do? Um, and uh, there's a lot of work that that goes on inside a house. You need Water for cooking and laundry and bathing. Uh, you know, these days you need electricity for appliances and, um, <clears throat> you know, you could argue air conditioning isn't necessary because, of course, there was a time it didn't exist, but it sure makes doing that work a lot easier. Um, so, <clears throat> um, in the same way a church has work that it, uh, that it needs to do, um, not necessarily inside a physical building, but in the spiritual sense of a church, right? Uh, there's work that the, that the, congregation uh must do um and um and kind of a segue i think i think god gives us some some discretion or uh allows us to make some judgment calls on on uh how to accomplish this thing so um let's go to acts chapter two and let's look at let's talk about what the church does um so um Acts 2 is the beginning of the church. I um, don't have this in my notes. Um, I had it in my old notes, but not here. Um, but uh, since we all studied the book of Hebrews, I'm going to trust you remember this. Um, <clears throat> I think it's in the book of Hebrews that um, that it talks about when, um, when there is a, a will or testament or covenant um, there needs to be someone that dies in order for it to be take effect. And so um, with the new covenant uh, in Jesus, Jesus had to die before it took effect. And um, the same way with the church, the church didn't, didn't come into being until Jesus died. And so you see in, in chapter one of Acts that he ascends to heaven um, <clears throat> after he died. And then at the end of chapter one, the apostles choose another Twelfth uh, apostle to replace Judas, uh, and then you get to chapter two, um, and and there's a lot of people all in one place, and then uh, three thousand people uh, are baptized, um, and so <clears throat> what you've got here is I, I, seems like pretty much the first day of the church, um, or if not the first, the the first big day, right? Um, if you do the math, there's only about nine days after Jesus went up into heaven until this event in chapter two. So, um, so <clears throat> we're, we're right there at the beginning. And so, uh, let's just kind of look at, at what, um, what they did. Um, uh, when they were gathered together, there was 3000 of them. Uh, I can't remember. Is that not including women and children? Well, either way, it's lots of them, right? Thousands of people. Uh, about 3,000 souls. So I guess it's just total. Um, <clears throat> um, alright, so Acts 2, starting verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized, and there, uh, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. I think if you have King James, it'll say to the church. Mine doesn't supply those words. Um, but I think we can kind of tell that this is the church, because I mean, it's all the saints together, right? So, um, <laughs> uh, verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together, and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Uh, and day by day, attending the temple together, and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. 
uh, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay, so so we see a bunch of things that they're doing um, at the end of this chapter. Uh, there were people being baptized, um, <clears throat> and uh, I think that can happen outside a church gathering too. You see that in Acts chapter eight with uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch that uh, that was out in the middle of nowhere. But um, <clears throat> but the point is, what is going on in in this in this church in this in this assembly of the saints? Uh, so there's people being baptized. There's teaching in verse 42. There's something called fellowship in verse 42. There's breaking of bread uh, in verse, verse 42. And I think that's the Lord's Supper. So in verse 46, uh, it says that they broke bread in their homes and received the food with glad and generous hearts. So that seems to be like normal meals, whereas verse 42, I would take that to be the uh, the Lord's Supper observance. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I wasn't there, but that's that's my assumption as to why it's mentioned two different times in this little little section um all right there were prayers in verse 42 uh there were signs and wonders done through the apostles over 43 and i don't again i'd argue we don't do that today but they, they certainly did then um <clears throat> in verse 45 there was money given to the needy saints uh so that seemed to happen uh as, a, as an assembled group and um and then verse 47 um <clears throat> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It says they were praising God. Uh, could that be in song? Maybe. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to imagine there was a lot of hymns written on the first week of the church, you know, or the second week or whatever it was. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so maybe, maybe not. They, they might have been singing some, some Old Testament, uh, type songs. It, who knows? But anyway. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's what we see them doing there. Um, and so if you were to go through and look through the entire New Testament, you're not going to see a whole lot much more than that. Um, that's about all that happens um, in in times that uh, a church is assembled. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you don't see where they, they have meals together as, as a whole church. Um, here in verse 46, they broke bread in their homes, right? Um, <clears throat> uh, I will say in, in Acts chapter 6, there was a time when the church fed needy widows. So somehow they accomplished that. Um, I, I don't know. The language almost sounds like it was an actual meal because, um, you know, the, the apostles talk about serving tables. So I don't know if they're being figurative or not. But um, so it's possible that, that a church, I, I think, might, you know, fulfill a very specific need as outlined in scripture in first Timothy chapter five, for example, of taking care of widows by actually giving them a meal, uh, you know, through the, through the church, but not feeding everybody. Um, <clears throat> uh, so they gave money to Christians, uh, in, in this example. And that's really all we ever see in the new Testament. Um, second <clears throat> Corinthians eight is an example of that. Um, uh, elsewhere, uh, is that it's during a famine and it's, it's to the needy saints, not to everyone on earth or, or, or anyone outside the, uh, the body of believers. Um, and you don't see, I think, where they, they engage in politics or non-religious schools or sports or, or any of these other things that we see churches do. It's pretty much just this blueprint, um, <clears throat> of, of what they did on that, that first, you know, week or two, uh, of the church. Um, and, uh, okay. <clears throat> so, um, that does get into the idea of, uh, what, um, what I call it, what I say church geeks will call expediency. And that's just a very dorky way of saying, let's figure out how to do this. Um, so, <clears throat> um, they, they had to, they had to find a way to do this, right? So, uh, if you've got thousands of people together and they were observing the Lord's Supper, did they all drink from a single cup? I kind of doubt it, right? Uh, if they were, you know, observing the Lord's Supper right right from the beginning, uh, which I don't know why they wouldn't be, but you know, just in general, right? There's there's got to be some way to accomplish this, these things. Um, <clears throat> and you look at us today, and you know, the Bible never mentions a microphone, right? Uh, we know that. So is that? Uh, is that unscriptural for us to have it? I mean, that's a fair debate. Uh, we can, we can talk about that, but I, I mean, you know, here, I think we, we all agree that's an acceptable method of, of accomplishing the command to teach, uh, and the examples to teach, um, <clears throat> that, that this just helps you hear me better. Um, uh, but we're not really adding extra things like 
sports and, 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 and whatnot, voting places and things like that. This is just accomplishing that one goal of teaching. Um, so the, the hard part though is like, um, where I grew up, you know, we would do potlucks at the church and we would do a, you know, a Friday movie night for the kids. And uh, we watch, I think we watched the Prince of Egypt one time, the cartoon about Moses, you know, if you've ever seen that. Um, <clears throat> I like the movie, you know, I mean, I, th- I think there's, there's, there's value in that, but, um, there's a lot of liberties they take with that sort of thing. Um, you know, today we have, uh, the, the show, the chosen, I like that show a lot. You know, I talked to Carl Ballard when he was here and, and he, he, he likes that one as well. You know, I mean, uh, I, I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, they do take a lot of liberties with it. I would not, you know, say that that's, that's something that, you know, you could just, go with um <clears throat> and and say that oh this is this is teaching i mean that's that's entertainment you know <laughs> really um <clears throat> but um you know but if you have like a you know a movie night at the church and you've got pizza and popcorn and all of this is that is that teaching um i think we're we're stretching that mighty thin and and bringing the food into it and everything like that i i don't see that being the teaching right um <clears throat> I mean, is there maybe a movie out there that, 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 that just enacts people saying scripture word for word? There, there might be. There's some really, you know, <laughs> um, <clears throat> basic, uh, computer animation versions of these sort of things I've seen out there and whatnot. And, um, and, and they're, they're very helpful. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you could see allowing that. And maybe not, I, I could, but, you know, when you get into all these extra things, you know, I think we've gone pretty far beyond just accomplishing the teaching, and we're just making it fun. Um, so, um, <clears throat> um, and in 1 Corinthians 11.34, you actually see the opposite. They, they, they say, don't you have houses to, to, to eat and drink in? Like, this, this is something you could have done somewhere else. So, um, all right, so to wrap it up, uh, we'll almost wrap it up, wrap up this this main section of, of the lesson uh, what I call finishing touches in a building, I don't know how to phrase this. It's probably a poor choice of words, but, you know, kind of the, the last things beyond just, you know, the building standing and passing code. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things in a, in a house that are, you know, you could live without them, but boy, it would sure be rough, you know, if you didn't have any shelves in your house, uh, <laughs> you know, to put food and uh linens and things like that like i mean yeah i I get it you can store everything in boxes or something but uh your shelves are pretty nice you know to have um they 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 make it easier to do the things you need to do in the house right it makes it easier to put away the laundry and to cook uh if you have shelves you know um and so uh, in the same way um uh if you look at titus chapter one verse five um uh i uh this is one of those scriptures that I that I remembered in my mind the different words. So there is a version that that refers to uh, this as lacking. So I'll just read this. Titus one verse five. He says, "This is Apostle Paul speaking to Titus. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you." So this is ESV. What remained? Um, King James says, "What is wanting?" And there's a version. It's the web world english bible that says what is lacking and i think that's that's fair i, I kind of like that word um <clears throat> is that a church that doesn't have elders is lacking it's not sinful um <clears throat> it's just it's wanting it's lacking it's it's what it what's remains um as as this says um is um <clears throat> so kind of to fill this need you know you see a lot of churches that invent uh a lot of positions for people to hold Things like youth pastors and secretaries and whatnot, um, <clears throat> or they take uh, t- biblical terms for biblical offices and make up, you know, their own qualifications and duties for those those roles. Um, <clears throat> you know, we believe an elder, you know, should be older um, and and meet the qualifications in First Timothy three. And uh, people will usually take that to just be a pastor and any sort of young man who's a who's a you know a preacher and that's just really doesn't line up with with scripture um that's a whole nother study um so in the bible there's there's just a few uh that that are that are outlined um you can see most of them in uh, ephesians 4 i wasn't going to turn there but um elders and deacons evangelists and teachers and uh and also apostles but we don't 
again, I think that's that's another temporary thing. The apostles are people that you know saw Jesus, and and we don't have any of those people alive today. So uh, there are no more apostles, but um, <clears throat> for a time there there, there were. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And again, any any church can have evangelists and teachers. Um, that's that's I think perfectly in line with um, Scripture, but not all are able to have elders and deacons, again, because of those qualifications in First Timothy chapter 3, for example. Um, <clears throat> uh, if you want to read that on your own time or talk about it later, but, um, but yeah, el- elders have to meet these, you know, these fairly demanding qualifications. So, um, <clears throat> so not all churches have elders, um, but they, they, they make life easier, I think, in a lot of ways. I mean, not that their job is easy, but they, they make life easier in the same way that, you know, having shelves certainly makes it easier to do things around the house. Um, having elders, um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, we have, we, we do have the Bible to tell us what to do. Um, and, um, elders rule over a church. That's 1 Timothy 5.17. I meant to turn there already. So we're in Titus, so that's not too far back from here. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule well be concerned, considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Um, that's their job, is to rule um, and to provide uh, rules and boundaries and things for, for a congregation. Um, so the Bible does tell us what to do, but um, <clears throat> an elder should, should certainly never contradict what the Bible uh, tells us what to do and not to do and, and does and does not authorize. But uh, good elders will provide guidance and rules that, that help you to obey uh, in the way that you've been trying to do all along. Um, <clears throat> uh, they might insist that men who lead songs or prayers follow certain guidelines or certain dress code. Um, <clears throat> um, I don't know if you heard about this with the Senate, where they, they tried to abolish the, the dress code like at the beginning of last week. And then they overturned that idea by the end of last week, um, you know, because I, I just can't imagine what a distraction that would be if all the senators just showed up in T-shirts, you know, or something, right? Like, I don't know. It just It's just nice, the idea that, you know, there's a rule that everyone has to dress this way. Now let's just focus on the job for, in their case, you know, lawmaking and um <clears throat> I was, I don't know, I was glad to see that they, they went back to that and, and that it was actually a pretty agreed upon idea as well. Um, and I think that's, that's the, the same sort of idea that elders can provide is, is to say that, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with choosing to, to lead songs or, to, you know, do a prayer maybe in this way or that way, but we insist that you follow this basic format or that you dress this certain way just to not be a distraction to everyone else. Like, we want to focus on worshiping right now. Um, you, we might have liberty generally, but the elders might say, we'd like you to just stick to this. Um, and that, that can be a great help um, in, uh, in, in, in just trying to do what you want to do, which is, is to worship God and, and do what's right. Um, <clears throat> and it gives you a, you know, a narrow group of people uh, where you can voice your concerns rather than um, you know, having to have group meetings of, of the men to try to make decisions, which I think, you know, we do a good job of that. And, and I'm, I'm glad that, that everyone works together. But the more people you have that have to all agree on a decision, the more cumbersome it gets to try to make those decisions. And if you just have a handful of elders, um, that can make those decisions among themselves, um, <clears throat> and, you know, or you feel, you know, unsure about something uh, that's going on in the church, you can just go to a small group of people and talk to them about it. That's that's nice. It really facilitates doing the work that you wanted to do all along. So, um, <clears throat> all right. So to wrap up, um, just a, a few finishing thoughts. Um, so what if your house isn't enough for all you want to do? Uh, well, you can use other buildings and places, right? So like, you know, my house has a tiny little backyard. We don't have room for a pool. I don't even want to deal with a pool anyway. Um, like a permanent one, um, or, you know, a place to work out or something like that. But we're fortunate to have a community pool and gym. We could use that, you know, and that's, that's okay. Well, in the same way with the church, like, you know, you might like the idea that, you know, a church would have a movie night or uh, support the poor or, uh, you know, in the community or things like that. Um, but can you fulfill those needs somewhere else? Well, yeah, you know, you could have a movie night at your own house. You could uh, you could look for a charity that, you know, is, is not church affiliated or maybe you could start one. Um, <clears throat> you know, you can 
you can play sports at a in a community park. You don't have to do it at the church, you know. Um, you can take financial peace seminars at a local library instead of at your church or whatever, you know. Um, <clears throat> there's 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 ways to do this uh, that, that they don't have to be all in the church, you know. Um, <clears throat> and and the main idea here is is you know just be content with uh, what we have. The 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 main goal in all of this is is a church that teaches and practices uh, sound doctrine. Um, <clears throat> it, it's, you know, if you're looking for the perfect church that meets all your needs, um, you, you may never find it and, and you may have to join the church and, you know, help build that either, you know, you know, by working with other members outside the building, you know, and, and, and doing these social activities and things like that, you know, um, <clears throat> So anyway, so to to uh, completely wrap up and, and bring this lesson to a close, um, uh, if you think about fixing mistakes, um, it just becomes harder and harder uh, the further along you are. So if you if you think about a building, um, <clears throat> you know there's many inspections along the way in modern building and building codes and things like that. Um, I mean, you you can imagine a builder who does the wiring wrong and the inspection you know says, oh, you did that wrong stop and fix it and you just ignore it and you keep going and you put the drywall up and the inspector says did you ever fix the the wiring oh no no i just ignored you and just just put the walls up you know it's like well <laughs> you're not going to pass the inspection tear out the walls and fix the wiring you know and you just created a whole lot more work because you just kind of plowed forward uh in doing the wrong thing um <clears throat> so in the same way imagine the church and there's plenty around you can find uh, that does a lot of unauthorized things in the Bible, um, that, that, you know, that the Bible does not authorize, uh, the church to do, um, <clears throat> how hard it would be if that church and the, the leaders of that church or whoever decided, you know, realized, you know, we shouldn't be doing these things. How much harder is it for them to give up those things, right? They've already built the gym. They've already built the fellowship hall where you eat. They've already built the kitchen. They already have all this in the building. Like, what are they going to do with all that? Well, I mean, they should have never done it in the first place. And really the goal is to catch it early. Um, but it's so much harder to, to, to go and tear all that down and to admit to everybody we've been doing this wrong the whole time. So, um, <clears throat> it's really important to catch error early. And, and, um, so in the same way, um, let's look at that in our own lives. Um, <clears throat> the further and further we go away from God, um, the harder it is to turn back. Um, <clears throat> and so, um, you know, I'd ask you as as, a, as an invitation, where where are you today? Or you know, is your life built on on bad construction um, and not passing code? Um, <clears throat> is it time to tear open some walls? Um, and if you're not a Christian, um, then it's time to tear down the whole building uh, and start some new construction. Um, so, uh, if there's anyone here that um, <clears throat> wants the prayers of the saints. Uh, or needs to obey the call of the gospel and become a Christian, um, then uh, please come forward as we sing the invitation song.